Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 72 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. You can reach me at the real 27 guy on Instagram um, or at basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. Basketball Card Fanatic is our sponsor today. Uh, you can subscribe today at bcfmag.com. Every month we distribute a 32 to 36 page digital and print magazine. Uh, print subscribers for as low as $10 a month. You will receive that print magazine directly to your home. It is a ton of work. It makes us no money at all, but we are passionate about basketball cards. And so please subscribe today to BCF at bcfmag.com. Guys, welcome. Hope you guys are having a good week. Are you impressed with me? This is four weeks in a row now. I'm impressed with myself, even if you're not impressed with me. Today, I want to share with you the biggest loss in my collecting career. The most money I ever lost on a card. I actually just sold it in the last couple of days. Guys, I lost $20,000 on a single card. That is not typically how I collect. There aren't really cards that I spend that much money on. And so to take such a loss is such a reminder that um, of a lot of things. And we'll get into that here in just a second. But we're going to hit that. We're going to do a quick preview for BCF. BCF went to the printers. Uh, June's copy went to the printers literally last night. That means that in the next 10 or 11 days, if you're a subscriber, you will get the print copy uh, directly to your home. And then shortly after they start arriving at people's homes, we will distribute them digitally. But we always want to give print subscribers the chance to receive it first prior to, to the digital showing up. It's a little bit like opening a pack of cards, right? We want you to have the, the experience of, of opening it without knowing what's on the inside exactly. Um, although we give a little preview here and there. Um, hopefully that makes some sense. Okay, let's talk about this card. So most money I've ever lost on a card, 20 grand. Okay, let's talk about what it is. So in 2019, Immaculate made, as they've made every year since 2012, a, a rookie patch autograph um, that some people call the numbers parallel, some people call the acetate parallel. However you think about it, it's serial number to the player's jersey number. And it's a rookie autograph patch that looks similar to the, the normal rookie autograph patch out of 99. But again, it's out of the, out of the player's jersey number. The reason that, that I really have liked the set is there's a lot of things about it. Number one is... Um, they're some of the nicest looking cards that Panini does. The acetate with the sweeping hollow foil finish is fantastic. Um, it used to be gold in 2019. It was sort of a lighter blue, and they changed the color a little bit, I think, throughout the years. Um, but but the thing that I really like about it is it sort of plays pays homage to the uh, the original exquisite sets that had rookies with their that were serial numbered out of their you know, out of their jersey number. So you go all the way back to LeBron out of 23 and Wade out of three and Bosch out of four and Carmelo out of 15. It's like some of the best sets of all time. There's one of the best sets of all time as far as uh, rookies go, especially. And so if you go back to 20, I think it was 2022, before I took the job at PWCC, Jeremy Lee and I were covering the premier auction and this card was up. And it was a card that I had bid on early because I wanted a chance in extended bidding. That now, now that's not a rule. But back, back at that point at PWCC, if you hadn't placed a bid early on, then you couldn't bid in extended bidding. So we were doing the show, and the, the card popped up, and I just looked at it, and I knew that I needed a big jaw card. Why did I need a big jaw card? 
at this moment here in, in on June 7th, 2023, that seems like a, a crazy thing to think, right? Given everything that's happened since then. But again, if you go back to the early parts of 2022, a few things are definitely true. One is that the Grizzlies were amazing. If you remember right, the Grizzlies were amazing with or without Jaw. They had such great depth. Their coaching was incredible. Jaw was electric, right? He he was the highlight every night. He was the most watched guy on Instagram and on all social, like by far in the NBA. A human highlight film on offense and even defensively with his blocks. High flying, high care factor, incredible athleticism, great team, great coaching, the chance to do huge things. And this card compared to so many other similar cards like the NTRPAs, um, like all the stuff out of Flawless, this card I felt like was really undervalued because it had, you know, not only did it have all those features, but it was one of these cards that like had a lineage that goes back to the beginning of Immaculate, really toward the early parts of the Panini era. And it was numbered to 12, it was really rare. And it was number one of 12, it was the highest graded, it was BGS 9. Had all of these awesome things going for it. I love the card. And so I spent more. I think at that point, it was the second most I had ever spent on a card. And uh, it's $24,000 I spent on this single John Morant basketball card. And I was so excited. And I left it at my vault there at PWCC. Um, and I just thought this is going to be a great decision. And his jaw continued to do awesome things. I was, I was stoked. And then they lost in, in the playoffs, but... Um, if you remember right, if you remember, Jaw had a few injuries, and it felt like had he just avoided some very minor injuries at the wrong time, that Memphis really had a chance last year to go win the championship. And if you look back, truly they did. They really almost could have. They could have won the championship. So I didn't really think too much about, you know, them losing. I, I wasn't betting on them winning. I was betting on the long term of the card. Right. I made this decision with a lot of the right sort of things in mind um you know this could have gone the other direction they could have won the championship jaw could have stayed healthy a lot of things could have happened i i really genuinely still believe in the variables that surround that card that make it such a great card um except for one thing and that is the off-court stuff that's related to john morant um i've talked about it on this podcast here in the last few weeks Here's what I've learned what I learned in this process. Right? Is I sold it this week for about $20,000 less than what I paid for it. Um again, this so number 1, the number one thing I learned. I'm looking at my list in front of me. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. The number one thing that I learned is this actually could have gone the other direction, right? Like I could have made a lot of money. This card could have been something I wanted to keep in my collection forever. It was a lot of the things that I wanted. But those things can change quickly. Number two, um, I still believe in the card and the variables that I believed in when I when I purchased it, right? I still think that it's important that it has that lineage back to the original Immaculate. I still think the fact that it has as nice of a patch and autograph as it has is important, that it's rare, um, that it stands out amongst the other Jaw RPAs. But the biggest thing that I learned is that the off-the-court stuff, guys, it really matters, and it's really hard to predict. 
you can look at an athlete today and see them as one of, you know, you can correctly predict that they're one of the most talented players of all time. What you sometimes can't predict is how big of a knucklehead somebody can be. And pulling out a gun multiple times on social media over the course of a few months, you know, some people are going to say, well, it's not a big deal. It's not illegal or whatever, whatever. It is a big deal. It's a big deal in today's environment. And it's just really stupid. I mean, if nothing else, it just shows a serious lack of judgment by a guy who you're betting a lot of money on. And so, you know, as I think about this John Morant card that I, that I lost, I, I, you know, I hopefully, hopefully as you're listening to me, you're thinking, wow, I feel, hopefully you don't feel like too bad for me because it's not the end of the world. It's okay. Also, hopefully you're, you're learning something and hopefully you're, you're not like laughing at me. <laughs> hopefully you're not laughing at me. Maybe you are. I don't know. Um, it's okay either way. But hopefully what you're really doing is you're saying, okay, what is there really to learn here? And again, I think there's all those things that I said. And in, in addition to those things, like don't spend more than you're, than you're able to, you know, you're able to afford losing um, because on, on cards, you never know what's going to happen. Now, at the same time, if this podcast is called, you know, the most money that I've ever made, instead of it being the biggest loss I've ever had on the card, maybe I'll do this next week, the biggest gains I've ever had on cards. Those stories are, are all, they're all pretty incredible. And some of them are actually similar to, to this jaw where you're buying a card of a player who's current and you make correct assumptions around who that player and who that person are. And then it works out really well for you. Um, an example of this is we always, we drive a minivan um, and we always refer to the, we don't always refer to, but we talk about where, how we bought the minivan. And we always say that Anthony Davis bought the minivan <laughs> because buying and selling Anthony Davis cards is what paid for it. Um, it's not every young guy that decreases in value. It's not every young player in their cards that that doesn't do well. And it's really fun having a current player who you can watch and who you can root for. And look, Jaws is fun of a player to watch as, as there is in the NBA. And he's an amazing, an amazing athlete on the court. He's also somebody who I believe in off the court isn't as bad as a lot of people believe. Um, but I just didn't have it in me to continue to sort of go down this roller coaster. I think there's a good chance the card can go back to where it was and maybe even be worth more than what I paid for it. I really do mean that. Um, I don't, I, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's just that I didn't want to go down that roller coaster anymore with Jaw. So anyway, those are my lessons. Those are my thoughts. What do you guys think? Have you ever lost anything close to that on a card? You think I'm a total idiot? You think, you know, what, what thoughts do you have? I'd love to hear if you have any, uh, if you have any feedback or if you have any thoughts about it. Let's do a quick uh, preview on this month's uh, issue of BCF. Uh, I talked to, you guys are going to love this. Um, I talked to Gene from Arena Design, Gene McLeod from Arena Design this month, and I was able to talk to her about a lot of different things. Here's a sampling of some of the questions that I asked her. So I have a, a Kevin Garnett uh, Metal Universe Championship from 1997. Uh, that's the Precious Metal Gems. And it's a card that if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me ask before, what in the world is in the background of this card? For those of you don't, who don't know, the players in that set have important things or important parts of the setting in which they live and the team that they play. Um, so like Michael Jordan has the Chicago skyline, right? Um, they're all, all of these beautiful backgrounds. 
Kevin Garnett has like this strange machinery. And so I asked Gene on the episode, I said, hey, can you talk to me about where this background came from, what it is, and where the other backgrounds come from? As far as I know, I don't think she's ever answered that in another place before. Um, hearing her answer for that was was amazing. We also talked about what she knew about the, the sheets, what happened to the uncut sheets at bankruptcy, why there have been uncut sheets that have sort of popped up at open auction that have been cut over the course of the last few years and what she knew about that. We talked about what happened when Fleer purchased Skybox and some of the changes. Where EX uh, in 1996, the EX 2001 set came from. Um, it did in fact come from the EXL set the year before and the way that she talked about that. I asked her which base set she liked more, the base set from 96 or from 97, which I believe are two of the nicest base sets of all time. And in the end, she also got to choose the cover of, of uh, issue 34. So um, Jean was fantastic to have on. She is, um, she is responsible for an incredible amount of wealth. She is unassuming, uh, kind, not full of herself and everything that you'd hope that she'd be. And I was really, I, I found it to be a real pleasure to talk to her. It's, I think, the lar- longest interview we've ever done. It's like eight pages. It's probably, honestly, a lot. It's probably far too long. But when Gene talks about things like that, you don't want to cut it too much. So so definitely, guys, check, check that uh, issue out. Um, you can't get the print anymore, but you still can get the digital. But if you haven't subscribed, again, subscribe today at bcfmag.com. BCF for Basketball Card Fanatic. That's bcfmag.com. Um, okay, the other things that I wanted to just hit real quick, uh, not just uh, not just you know Gene's, um, not just Gene's episode or interview, but also um, we're fortunate to have Ty uh, from Sports Card Investor talk to us about playing days versus non-playing days cards. Um, super interesting. Uh, a lot of people don't think about the importance of a card being from a playing day. I know some people are really anti non-playing days cards. I personally own both. Ty's thoughts were fantastic. I wrote a book on the 1996 uh, Reflections in Gold uh, Upper Deck Olympic autograph of Michael Jordan. We've seen a couple of those hit auction recently, and um, it's a card that just doesn't know a lot. That there's a lot of people who don't know very much about it. There's not a lot of information on it, is what I'm trying to say. Excuse me. Um, and so I went out and just found all the information that I could and really condensed it to the same place. And I think you'll find that's really interesting. Um, specifically the back of that card, there's, I don't want to say controversy, but there's questions as to why the rest of the set um, has certificate or COA language on the back of the card, whereas... Michael Jordan's doesn't. And so we talk about that and think about why that might be and how we can still know that it's real um, and pack and from the pack, um, or at least from redemptions that came out of the pack. We also get to hear from Shaq, card collector underscore DE, Torsten Bauer. You guys all know Torsten. He's appeared on the Beckett, uh, Jim Beckett um, podcast a number of times. A true 90s um a true 90s encyclopedia, not just a guy who collects the high-end stuff, but a guy who knows those sets better than anything. He wrote a, a, an article on the 1995 emotion, excuse me, 1994 emotion set. Um, and it's it's super well done, and uh, the way that it's designed is incredible. Seaward Soundboard uh, gave us a, a glimpse into his childhood and wrote a story called What If that I think you'll really love. 
and then Capo 8300, the, the 2005 finest uh, expert, wrote an article on his time chasing that set and some things about that that you might find that are interesting. Um, that is a quick synopsis of the episode. It is so long, or excuse me, of the issue. It's so long, it's 36 pages long, and um, as always, I want to thank all of our, our sponsors for making it possible. The qu quantity of data that is in this single issue, guys, is incredible. Every From the indices to the historical sales to Gene's interview to the spectacular images to all of the articles that we already mentioned. I love the centerfold this month, by the way. I think it was fantastic. Our designer, Kevin, as always, is crushing it and doing amazing things. All of our sponsors... Sports Card Investor, Leland's SC, SCI, I already said SCI, uh, especially PWCC and C, CSG always, though. Um, all of them, grateful for all the sponsors. Uh, I can't believe that we're already on epi or on issue 34, almost three years in, guys. So I've talked about the, the biggest loss of my life. We've talked about the the episode for the, that is coming out or the issue that's coming out this week. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I want to tell you is next week I really will. I already teased it earlier, but next week I'm going to talk to you about the biggest, the biggest good decisions, the biggest gains I've ever made. Um, you know, I, I'll I'll talk about those next time, and uh, and I can't wait to wait wait for it. So look out for the episode next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, and all those things to this one. If you have any questions, hit me at the Real Twenty Seven Guy on Instagram. Until next time.